Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit ByteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Dr. Drayvon James. She is a transformation specialist and inspirational speaker, radio host, life coach, and author of Freedom is Your Birthright. She is the founder of the Next Step Leadership Academy and Everyday Peace a platform for her to help and inspire others to build the life of their dreams. She also hosts her own weekly radio show, Dr. Draven James, Everyday Peace, on MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. For more information, you can visit her website, which is www.drdravonjames.com, and that's dr D-R-A-V-O-N, james.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Dr. Drayvon to the show. Good day. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me, Robert. I'm super excited to be here with you today. Great. I'm happy to. um, I really enjoy having guests on who can help um, inspire and um, motivate listeners as well. So I'm looking forward to our conversation, reading them all about your, your background and your work. Um, it's really going to be great to share. So um, let, let's start with, would you mind sharing with the listeners just a little bit of, about your journey and, you know, and how you got me to this point in your life where, you know, you, you're a transformation specialist. Oh, thank you for that question. I love um, talking about this because uh, it seems quite random, but I am one of those people who believes that there's no chaos in the universe, no matter how chaotic things may be, and there are absolutely no accidents. So i got to go way, way back here. <laughs> when I was seven, <laughs> 17, I'm the oldest of three children, and I graduated from high school. I'm working a little summer job, getting ready to go off to college, and I've been accepted into a pharmacy program, pharmacy pre-med at the time. And um, my brother, who is younger than me, gave me a book as a gift. It is The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And it's a tiny little book. And I read it so many times over that summer before I left for college. I absolutely fell in love with the book. And I determined somehow, some way, I wanted to do for other people what the author had done for me, and that was to somehow connect me with my good, my the source of my good from within me. At the time, I'd never heard of the term motivational speaker, transformational speaker. I was just a kid. And um, mm-hmm. so that's where it started for me. And I did go on, and I, and I was off into pharmacy school, and I knew that I would be helping people with the work of pharmacy, I did decide, you know, not to go to medical school, but to, you know, get my doctor's degree in pharmacy. But through all of that, I kept studying what I called, and still do call, um, 
uh, the pursuit of peace, and I, so the name of my organization is Everyday Peace. Um, but so interesting, I love to tell this story about growth and development because remember when I got on this journey, I was 17 years old, and what I believed that I had discovered through the writings of Norman Vincent Pill was the way to never have a problem in my life. Now, this is from the mind of a 17-year-old girl, right? Um, so, of course, we know that I didn't discover how never to have a problem. What I did discover, however, was to how, how to use everything in my life to as a stepping stone to my next level of greatness. Whether the things that showed up were things that I wanted to show up or whether they were things that I was so dreadful and disappointed that they had showed up. But I realized that everything that showed up in my life had showed up for one reason, and that was to bow down and serve me as I consciously created my journey to my next le- next level of greatness. And so that's what I do yeah. about being a transformational coach, is that I help people to tap into that and and say, okay, yeah, this feels horrible. You may not have wanted this to show up, but let's see how we could use this. Let's let's take a look at it. Let's unpack this. Yeah, you know, and, and from the south side of Chicago, too. I mean, we're, you know, where hope and, you know, positive thinking can sometimes be a challenge for, for some youngsters. Yeah, so I remember someone told me, I went to college in Boston, and someone said to me, oh, my gosh, you're from the south side of Chicago where dreams go to try to die. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, well, but I got to tell you that it was on the south side of Chicago. Funny story is that my mom um, raised three kids. I'm the oldest of three. We went to church all day on Saturday, which I thought, oh, who could possibly do this? What kind, of, what kind of torture was this? And we also went to church all day on Sunday. And there were two in my mom's mind, two quite different churches. One was a New Thought church, and, you know, Chicago was big on the New Thought movement, metaphysical teachings and all of that. So, you know, definitely where dreams do not go to die, right, where the impossible becomes possible if you ever studied under that type of theology and teaching. And so we studied that on on Saturday. And then on Sunday we studied at um, a holiness church, um, and so uh, my mom used to say, oh, do not tell the people on Sunday that you go to a new thought church on Saturday because they'd never understand. But in my young mind, the 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 the, the, the practices were quite similar. The, the words were different and the way they did things were differently, but the foundations of what they were teaching were quite similar. And I, if, I, if I had to go way, way back, I think that was the foundation of me, one, having um, – the idea that I could transform anything from those humble beginnings. You know, we, we certainly were not rich with um, <laughs> with material blessings, trust me. Mm-hmm. There were times we, where we were, were even without a place to stay and to live, but um, we had those teachings in some kind of way that, that belief was being poured into me. So, yeah, again, goes back to my statement, there's no chaos, no randomness in the universe. Everything will be used. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I I think there is no better teacher for transformation than one who has transformed and transformed repeatedly, you know. Um, And it it just shows that, you know, number one, it's possible. You know, number two, it's it's, you can do it as many times as you want, really, you know. Um, It's just a matter of, 
putting the intent and the work to make it happen. I'm smiling when you say that, Robert, because I want the audience to hear that again. You can transform yourself as often as you want. What are you waiting for? If you're in a situation and you don't like what you see and you've got to start seeing from the inside out, not from the outside in, our outside external world, this is going to hurt a lot of people's feelings. I know it used to hurt mine too. But our outside, our external world is an outpicturing out of what's going on on the inside in some form or fashion. So we got to clean up that inside and we can transform any way, anytime we want to. Right now, in the middle of doing whatever it is you don't want to do, you can stop and say, yeah, no, I think God's going to change my mind, and that means I'm going to change the way I talk, the way I think, and the way I act. It's yeah, as simple I'll as that. You put some muscle behind it, but it's as simple as that. Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, for people who may have some difficulty even being in touch with that, internal state that they're in um just look around you know if you're surrounded as chaotic you know and um not very orderly um that may be a clue you know to as to the inner state and you know to maybe begin changing the inner now i mean ideally you want to you know work on your inner state and have it you know um, kind of, you know, shown or, or translated into the outer world, but, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, start changing the outer and that will kind of, you know, put the inner sense, um, you know, in a, in, in some kind of, or it's kind of like, you know, in order to find out what you, if you don't know what you want, then start looking at what definitely what you do not want. You know, that'll help define what you want. Absolutely. Abraham Hicks, I think, says that all the, all the time, right? If you know what you don't want, you're halfway there, right? <laughs> if you know what you don't want, you are halfway there. So any way that you can get there, and I, and, and I love that. I do um, coach people, and sometimes, particularly with women, I'll get that statement when I'm just saying, you know, what is it that you want out of life? And then, I, oh, I don't know, they'll say. I say, okay, what is it that you want out of this week? What do you want to happen this week? Oh, I don't know. I've I got no idea. Okay, what would you like to happen out of this uh, this this day? Oh, I don't know. And I say, okay, what do you want to happen out of this session? We're going to be together for an hour. What would you like to happen out of this session? Oh, I'd like you to help me figure out, <laughs> you know. I say, okay, here we go. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Do you like this? I don't like that. So now we're getting out. We just start wherever we are and, and not to condemn ourselves, right? We do so. We spend so much time doing that. Oh, I, I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. No, 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 no. We'll start with, right where we are, you know. Do you like the chair that you're sitting in? Would you be willing to move over to the couch if the chair is uncomfortable? Oh, yeah, I could do that. Okay, we'll start there. It sounds simple, but, you know, and it sounds almost idiotic. But we've got to recondition our brain, that, uh, recondition our thoughts and our feelings that we know, we know ourselves. We have to open yeah. up to that truth and, you know, that I know me and you know you better than anybody else will. And sometimes we close ourselves off to who we are because we're, we've got some things in our past that we don't like. And so we start shielding our eyes or, you know, I, I don't want to see myself. None of that. We have to love ourselves right where we are. 
Yeah, yeah. Self-judgment is a very powerful, <laughs> powerful force, um, and um, where it can be a detriment, it can also be um, a blessing. You know, um, it can also work toward the positive. Well, Socrates says, to know thyself is the beginning of wisdom. And I love that. When I talk about self-awareness, that's what I think about all the time, is to know thyself is the beginning of wisdom. And in the knowing of something, right, he doesn't say to 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 approve of thyself, right? It's just to know it, right, without judgment, right? Without judgment, just to know it. Know yourself is the beginning of wisdom. And without... It's, what keeps us from really wanting to know ourselves is the fact that we don't want to look at ourselves straight on because who amongst us is without anything that we wish we hadn't said, hadn't done, or wish we had said or had done? And we all have those things, right? And so that makes us human. It should make us more compassionate and empathetic, right, and and forgiving of ourselves. We, we are our first lesson in forgiveness. Isn't that great? We get to practice on ourselves first. Right, yeah, and absolutely. so um, I, I encourage people to do that is to to get to know yourself, and when you get to those little pockets of of pain, where you say, well, "I wish I hadn't done that," stop and forgive yourself. Really love on yourself. Practice the type of loving forgiveness that you want, that you want from others, and that you want to be able to give to others. First, give it to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I love about doing my radio show is quite often I will have a, a show scheduled up and coming and then something in my life, some, you know, some kind of maybe random interaction will point toward the upcoming topic. And today was not, is, is a perfect example. Yesterday, um, someone I was having a chat with, hey, recently met, don't really know, you know, well at all. But we were chatting, and then all of a sudden, he said something to me about being, me being self-aware. And I kind of chuckled, and then, you know, I was like, well, thanks, I appreciate that, you know. But he responded, well, you know, self-awareness is highly underrated, <laughs> you know, as far as a state of being. And I thought, wow, and here I am going to be talking tomorrow <laughs> about self-awareness. You're right. It's highly underrated. I think self-awareness is one of the most powerful tools that we could possibly have. Um, could you imagine if we were more self-aware, um, the, the, the amount of good we could do in the world, the amount of harm that would be prevented in the world? Think of how many times, I'll just use myself as an example, that uh, I, I'm, un, I'm not self-aware that I need to walk away. I, I need a moment to heal myself, and instead I go into response mode, and it looks like a World War Three or something has, has interrupted, <laughs> right? When if I could have just been self-aware and say, hey, Drayvon, in this moment, this is what you need. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some fresh air and some sunlight. I'll be right back. Right? Maybe I need a nap, a glass of water even. But what I don't need is to respond uh in this moment, I need, I need, a, I, I have another need. I'm self-aware that I have another need. All parts of me are, are calling to be healed and comforted before I respond. And so self-awareness to me is truly, I agree with that person, totally un underrated of, of how much good it could do. Yeah. So 
in your description of, I mean, how would you, I mean, you've been kind of describing self-awareness, you know, through um, several statements, but would you, if you were to, you know, be in front of one of your groups, you know, what would, what would how would you define it? To be self-aware, I would say that you are, your thoughts, your actions, and your emotions are aligned. They are aligned with your standards of the person you want to be, right? So you're, you're in alignment there. You're, and a lot of times when I meet people, and I always say when I meet people, but, uh, when I work with people, but I also see these things in myself too, that, you know, I, I try to live in this state of self-awareness and I, I just sort of watch. Um, this part of myself do its thing and, and then come back to myself. But a lot of times we're, we're, what's happening with a lot of us in our unhappiness and is that there is a misalignment between our thoughts and our actions and our feelings. But particularly in our feelings and in our, in our, in our thoughts, right? Our, we feel something in our gut, for example, that says, yeah, I shouldn't do this. But then our mind rationalizes, this is definitely the right thing to do because, uh, for example, I have a client right now uh, who decided to not take a promotion and um, she's actually finished their uh, session with me and her time. But uh, it was a wonderful discovery and I was grateful to be there and thankful to be there with that process for her, but her mind and all the hard work she's done in her career told her that, yeah, this is the best, hey, you've reached the summit, this is where you want to be. But there was something in her body, in her gut, if you will, that was saying, no, this isn't what you want. And it was caused, and when she became self-aware that I am misaligned, I, there is no alignment here and I can't move until I get an alignment. My brain is saying one thing and my body, my whole being is saying something else. What is going on and how can I explore alignment? And then just through the process that we went through with discovery and just talking about value systems and what she wanted out of life and all this stuff, her actions brought her being back into alignment. The action was that, thank you very much position is not for me. I know I have labored and campaigned and built a whole life around getting there, but it actually is not what I want. And so that mm-hmm. is self-awareness in a, in a nutshell. It doesn't mean you have to turn your back on your dreams. That was her story. And those weren't really even her dreams. It was somebody else's dreams. But um, because she had been so unself-aware, I guess you could say, throughout her entire journey and her professionalism that she made that um, – the golden carrot, the carrot that she was chasing even though she didn't want it. And she wasn't even aware that she didn't want it. Someone just said, that's the next, that, hey, that's the next goal to be achieved. She said, okay. And she got on the, you know, Ferris wheel and what have you uh, and, and went after it. But, um, yeah, that, this self-awareness is alignment for sure. Your thoughts and your emotions aligned with your actions. Yeah. Yeah, and... I would think that um, it would, I guess, take practice <laughs> to even recognize the disharmony between, you know, thought, feeling, and action. Yeah, 
Because I make it, that sounds complicated, right? But if we think about it all throughout the day, we have, if we just take a moment, you say, what am I stressed about? And we usually just bypass it, right? Stress is like one of those things that I often relate to, like a computer virus, right? It's running mm-hmm. silently behind the surface until it actually does true damage. But it's been, that little virus has been there for a while. Stress is like that. And um, so we, we, but with our body, stress is useful. Our body is giving us all these clues, like, oh, your stomach is nuts. Oh, you have that, that little pain in your head again. Oh, you, you got tension in your shoulders. Your, our body is, is, you know, giving us these, you know, eh, 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 these alarms, saying, pay attention, pay attention. But we have been desensitized to that. Right? Because we have been, mm-hmm. I, I just did a talk, I'm a pharmacist and I run um, pharmacies and I was just in discussion with someone, oh, maybe last week, and they were talk, talking to me about the virtues of multitasking. And and although women do multitask, uh, it's part of our makeup, but it's not something that I'm really that impressed with when it comes to the job force. Right? I like people to be able to bring a single task, focus on the task in hand, execute and then move on but you know but we're so accustomed to to being in this multitask overstimulated environment that is externally focused so we don't pay attention to the fact that we've been clenching our jaw for the last hour right and if we just paid attention to oh gosh i'm clenching my jaw and without any judgment without any shame or condemnation we just watched we it would come to mind, oh, my gosh, this doesn't feel right, whatever that this is. Wow. Not, just this simple awareness. We're not asking ourselves to solve problems. We're just asking ourselves to be aware of this, yeah. this, this instrument that we have, which is the body, which is giving us all these signals. We don't have to do any more than that, really. Once we become aware and pay attention to, and generally I would say, pay attention to your body. I love the idea of doing body scans. In fact, my phone used to be set to do a body scan every hour, but I do it three times a day where I just sit for, it takes less than a second probably. I sit both feet flat on the ground, and I just um, focus myself on on my toes, on the heels of my feet, my ankles, my calves, my thighs, my stomach, solar plexus. I come all the way up to the top of my head, and all I'm doing is just focusing on, is there any tension right there? Is there any tension right there? And I keep on moving. And if I do come to a spot where I feel tension, I just think for a minute. And I just say, oh, I I see there's tension in my left hand. Hmm. I wonder what that's all about. And I move on. I don't force myself to have an answer, but I acknowledge it. Just become aware of it. That's really interesting. Um, In that, you know, process, um, and you said, you know, you don't have to come up with an answer, does an answer reveal itself, you know, once you've made a mental note of it being there? Oh, Robert, you're asking the right questions. (laughs) You're asking the right questions for sure. 
So I'm super excited that you asked that question. First of all, one of the reasons that we don't do this practice is because we're afraid of another question that we can't answer. I get it. We're all that way. Just another, another, just another problem. You don't have to worry about that because initially when you first start doing it, you'll feel this, like maybe, uh, strain to come up with an answer. Resist that. Just let it go. Oh yeah. I see you're looking for an answer. I don't have one. And be comfortable with that because basically what you're doing is you're reducing your cortisol levels, right? You're increasing and expanding your creativity as you increase and expand your self-awareness. Curiosity will automatically kick in because what happens in the mind of a child that has, you know, they've got so much free time, they're curious about everything, right? We we go back to that state where we're curious about everything. And just in that curiosity, creativity happens. And aha moments happen where, oh, my gosh, I never thought about that. Yep, I could try that. These things just, and they are within us. These answers are embedded in us. But we're so closed off to them because we do believe that that we, you know, that we have to take things by force, that we've got to grind it out. We've got to be, no, we've, we really have got to relax and loosen our grip and mm-hmm. uh, on, on being so solution-oriented that, that we lose focus of who we are. We're going back, we're going back and telling, and this is the most natural state for us to be curious about what's going on with us. And then... When that happens, then we're curious about how we react and how we respond to, to our environment. What is our impact in our environment? But we're not even curious about that. We're not even conscious about that if we're not self-aware. We're not, you watch people do things on the road when they're driving with no, what, what is this person thinking? They're not. They're not thinking how their <laughs> actions impact the world at large. They're not. Because they're not self-aware. Self-awareness mm-hmm. is, I could, promise you the cure to so many things that that ail our society and ourselves yeah very much now we're going to be taking the break in a, just in a few minutes um but before we do um what does the um what's the impact on self-awareness when comparing ourselves to others because you know right now i mean you know, you'd look at any, you know, social media, like for example, you know, Instagram, you know, there is a, a constant um, comparison of one's life to another, you know, or one's image to another. Um, what is the impact of that on self-awareness? Oh, my goodness. Well, that's the opposite, right? Because now we're, again, we're focusing our attention externally. Right, and there's a lot of that, right, that, that, that distraction which keeps us from being knowledgeable of ourselves, self-aware. Uh, if we're not self-aware and spending time with ourselves, we definitely lack self-love and self-understanding. So absolutely, I encourage, I, 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 like anybody else, I like my fair share of social media, but as I'm watching it, I watch it like it's, a, like it's any other form of entertainment. I used to tell my kids when they were small, they'd watch TV, I'd say, hey, you know, that's just a cartoon, right? Uh, <laughs> And that, that's in pretend land. You know, my son was big into Sonic and all those, you know, superhero things. And I said, so you know, um, you can't just jump off the roof of the house. That you'd break a bone, you'd hurt yourself. So that's just a cartoon. And so when we watch social media, we these are cartoons for adults. Be clear. Mm-hmm. 
you're watching entertainment. I, it's reality TV. It's entertainment for adults. Don't get caught up in making yourself believe this is real stuff. This is entertainment. And when you view it that way, it's just like watching a movie. Oh, okay. There's nothing to compare myself to then. I'm real. That's entertainment. Yeah, and, and just the, the misnomer of being called reality TV, you know, the fact right. that it's not. <laughs> it's an oxymoron, isn't it? It's like, okay. But and how clever of them to do that, right? How clever of them to say, this is reality, not you. Not you with your real, you know, female body and your real hips and your real uh, receding hairline. That's not reality. This is reality. You're a father. <laughs> and then you have to say, okay, just because you just because you called it reality doesn't make it reality. I'm self-aware enough to know that I am real. Me. You are entertainment. By virtue of the, you're on a screen. You're entertainment. That's it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and take that short break, and then when we return, I want to talk a little bit about the, the benefits of being self-aware, and maybe you can provide us with some tips for the listeners to help them become more self-aware and, and maybe even a method or two to assist them in that, okay? Look forward to it. Great. Okay, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello. This is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5 by 7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today, my special guest is Dr. Drayvon James, and we've been talking about her work and talking about self-awareness and also her book, um, Freedom is Your Birthright, and also her podcast. And for more information, you can visit Dr. Drayvon's website, which is drdrayvonjames.com, and that's dr. D-R-A-V-O-N, James.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Dr. Drayvon? I think yes. Good. Great. Now, before we go into talking about some of the benefits and tips and methods, um, I want to talk just a little bit about your podcast. 
um, tell us kind of, you know, what, what your podcast is about and, and where listeners could find it. Oh, great. Yeah, so my podcast is uh, titled Dr. Drayvon James, My Name, Everyday Peace. And so uh, my podcast is just about that in itself, how to live every day at peace. And i got to tell you how we define peace because most people think of sitting in a field, you know, Rusa, I, I wish it was. I wish I would love that. I would love that too. But what it is is we define peace as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. And I hope that when I say that, you can hear that we make room for everything, the wanted and the unwanted, everything that happens in your life. How can you have peace when all of these unwanted things happen? Well, those unwanted things that have happened, if they happen to you, are part of your whole story, right, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. So that's part of your whole story. We believe in taking whatever showed up, the whole enchilada, and using it. And so on our podcast this year, we have – uh, and every year we have a different theme. This year we've been focusing on women helping women. And this theme has resonated so much. I think I'm going to keep, keep it for next year. We've had a different theme every year. But this theme has resonated because I think it touches everybody. Because I think all of us are in some kind of way connected to a woman. And not that men are not great. They absolutely are great. But women seem to have this infectious type of um, demeanor in life. Um, you know, they say, uh, happy, happy wife, happy life, right? <laughs> if your mom's happy, the, the, home, the home goes well. So there's something going on with the energy of women where they have this ability. They're, they're nurturers, right? That whatever they're, whatever they're absorbing, they're bringing back to their homes, to their communities, to their jobs, to the world at large, and they're um, diffusing it, if you will, in that environment. So knowing that, I really feel compelled to one, educate myself with the amazing guests that we have on there, and two, expose those amazing guests to our listening audience. How can we be filled up with something that is so powerful and so positively charged that we take that back and make a happy life, happy wife situation, or when mom's happy, the home goes well, and so we can go back and bring that energy. So we're really about um, infecting the tribe for good, through impacting the lives of women, not that men are, won't get something out of it, they certainly will. But we've been having some phenomenal guests on um, this this year, and look forward to having even more on in the upcoming year. Yeah. Well, you know, the women have often been kind of pigeonholed in the way of being. Um, in touch, I don't say emotional, but in touch with emotions, that emotions are, you know, um, very much a part of life, you know, and now, you know, I believe, you know, we all have that masculine and feminine energy within each of us, you know, to varying degrees, and so I would think that you know, being in touch with emotions and being able to have that nurturing environment, be it, you know, female or male or, you know, whatever, you know, that that, that is a kind of a, a vital component um, in, you know, living life fully. I mean, you know, like when we were talking about self-awareness, 
you know, that it was thoughts and feelings, you know, and action. So, I mean, it, it's, you know, one of the three, you know, you know, third of the, the component of what goes into awareness. Right. Yeah, it, absolutely. Absolutely. The third yeah. component which goes into awareness. Absolutely. Wow. So, okay, that's great. So people can, now they can go to your website and find links to your podcast? Yeah. Well, okay. I wish I could say yes, but hopefully it will be on there starting this week. We have some problems with that. But you can find me on Spotify, uh, Apple, any place where there is a podcast um, generated, we are there. Um, and it's uh, Dr. Drayvon Baines, Everyday Peace. Uh, hopefully by the end of this week it will be working on my website. Uh, it was on there, and then we had some issues with the site, so we're working to get it back up on there. That's fine. Yeah, I'm sure that people will go to whatever, you know, place that they get their podcast and, and it will be able to type in, in your name and get that. So well, that's good, that's good to know. Um, okay, so now let's, let's get back to self-awareness. Um, can you, um, tell us what some of the benefits of increased self-awareness would be. Oh, I would love to. And before I do that, I want to just say this. Imagine that you are with the love of your life um, or your best friend, and one of the things that you want more than anything is for them to know you, to understand you, right? And so we all have that feeling that yearning it, you know, if I'm, you know, you're a significant other, you know, I want you to know me now. And as much as that is great, because you can't have a great relationship if they don't, you, Mm -hmm. the first intimate relationship you have is with you. And so I want to first tell you that unless you know you, you'll always live a life feeling bit short-sighted, like, you know, it's not fulfilled. So that sense of fulfillment will come from self-awareness. That's key. Number one, if you want to live a fulfilled life, you've got to develop self-awareness. Number two, benefits from self-awareness is it helps you to reach your highest potential. You know, like, oh, I, 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 I'd like to do this. Well, the more self-aware you are, the more the more you open up to your uh, your talents, your raw talents, your your creativity that will help you to achieve even beyond your wildest imaginations. So it will help you reach your highest potential. Um, self-awareness helps you to connect with others. Right? When you are self-aware, it helps you to be more empathetic and compassionate to others. Right? That is key to you having great external relationships. You want to improve your relationships with others improve your relationship with yourself. And then self-awareness helps you to manage triggers, things that set us off, you know, cause us to, you know, lose our composure, right? But when we're self-aware, we're able to manage those things better. Are we able to manage what other people do? No, not necessarily. But we're able to, one, maybe move ourselves to a more safer environment emotionally, physically, what have you, prior to things escalating. Two, we're able to respond with more emotional intelligence, right? Three, we're able to choose more wisely. How often do we say to ourselves, you know what, 
this is the same situation I just got out of with people with just who have different names. <laughs> but they're, you know, mm-hmm. I keep picking the same type of situations. Well, that has to do with self-awareness, right? So self-awareness in a nutshell will improve the quality of our life, right? Our health improves, right? Our relationships improve. And potentially our wealth improves, right? Because what we're doing is we're understanding ourselves better. But I said in the beginning that it helps us reach our highest potential. If so many people, and I, I read a, a Gallup report on this one time. I don't have enough the statistics right in front of me in the forefront of my mind, but it was a staggering number of people who find themselves in careers that they absolutely dislike. I won't use the H word, but they absolutely dislike. <laughs> right? And and, um, and they don't know how to get out. Well, that speaks to a self-awareness issue, right, because you say, I don't know what else I would be doing. Well, let's start exploring. I realize that you may be there because of some income and job security, but let's just start exploring a little bit. No one says you got to quit your job necessarily, but you may, you know, do something a little bit on the side that brings you some joy that may end up being greater income, more lucrative than your current situation and be more fulfilling. Self-awareness helps you to make discoveries about yourself that will not only enhance your life, but will really end up being a great um, boon and blessing for the world and your family at large. Yeah, I mean, those are, you know, really um, strong, you know, um, benefits, you know, for for that. And and, um, I think the... uh, the, you know, the idea of, you know, people finding themselves in situations that, you know, that um, they really don't like, like careers or maybe even relationships, you know, um, many times that is a um, a reflection of um, their view of what others <laughs> think for them, you know, kind of like uh, – you know, a, a college student selecting a course of education that their parents want them in, you know, that they, you know, versus, you know, what they, what their heart's desire is, and, and then allowing the subsequent, you know, choices to, you know, kind of pile on each other, you know, until it becomes to a point where it's like, you know, that you're stuck, you know, um, and. You know, as for people in relationships, I've, you know, I've been doing my podcast now. I just started my 13th year, and I can't tell you how many times I have had, you know, guests calling up whenever I've had a, an intuitive on the show and taking calls. How someone would say that, you know, they're, you know, looking for their, you know, their true love, you know, and they haven't been able to. And I, I have had people call in years, you know, you know, like seven years later, who are in the same situation. As a matter of fact, I listened to a podcast yesterday of someone who who called into another show, and I thought, God, that, that voice looks familiar. And it was a gentleman who was looking to find a particular job, you know, or looking for a job, and, and he had a couple particular possibilities. And I swear he was on my show ten years ago. You know, with the same situation, and that just to me, I thought, wow, what you know, what is the 
kind of what is he not doing? <laughs> you know, I mean, why why mm-hmm. is he leading this? You know, and, and you know, in one sense, you know, I'm sure there's probably self a lack of self awareness and plays a, a critical role. But also, to me, it seemed that it became a way of life in a way. You know, and um, I thought personally, I thought I'm, I'm glad that I'm not, you know, following that kind of path. But but it, to me, it just made me curious as to how some and why someone would, you know, I guess, and really put themselves because I mean they've obviously made a series of choices and decisions. You know, or lack of decisions, you know, whatever. I mean, there, I mean, every day we have choices. So that kind of set us on our path. But it's obvious that whatever set of um, decisions he was making is, is creating that, you know, very lengthy, you know, experience that, that I think many would find, you know, very discomforting. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that because we we do uh, find ourselves without self awareness. We'll find ourselves answering the same call over and over again. And what I mean by that is that, and I'll just use the example you just gave that gentleman. You know, you're still in the same position ten years later. You're still in the same position, and you don't even hear yourself anymore because it's become such a routine. It's become a habit to you. It's become part of who you are. And without accountability, we'll be there. So this is a great place for me to just talk a little bit about, you know, having some type of life coach, whether whether you get a life coach, which I happen to be a life coach, or whether you have a, a clergy person or a really, 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 really a good friend or family member that you can talk to who is unbiased, sort of sometimes hard to find that in a friend or a family member, which is why I encourage getting a life coach or, or, or clergy or something of that nature, but someone who's going to hold you accountable to the goals that you say that you have so that you won't find yourself 10 years down the line talking about the same thing. This person is saying, hey, wait a second. If you said that you wanted to do this, then why, why are you not doing this, which seems to be logical on the pathway to there? And then at that point, you have to have to say, oh, because I really don't want to go there. I just like talking about it. And that's fine. That's your choice. Or or two, oh, yeah, I didn't know that was the pathway. Okay, I'll try it. Or maybe three, I need some help. Right? But either way, you won't be able to even even have those three choices open up to you unless you have what we call an accountability partner through a life coach or a clergy or a very, very close friend or family member. We have to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, someone who's very objective um, in family can (laughs) – that can be a challenge, you know, for for some family. Um, But also I would think that, you know – be able to provide feedback in a non-judgmental way. Yes. Yes, because, you know, when someone loves you and they really believe they know best for you, sometimes it's hard for them to to not sound super critical because they have something invested in your success 
even if it's just that I love you and I want you to succeed, right? And I and I, and I know you. I I think I know you. So you're looking for the, for someone who can give a good um, uh, accountability without being judgmental and without you feeling a sense of obligation to that individual. So that that's important mm-hmm. as you go and start selecting an accountability partner. But I highly, highly encourage um, a life coach. I tell people, um, I don't know much about sports, but we all know the name LeBron James. I said, I don't know how many championship rings this man has, but I'm sure it's quite a mm-hmm. few. And I've never heard him in an interview say, yeah, I'm, I'm no longer going to have a coach because I've accomplished everything and I know how to continuously duplicate these accomplishments and I don't think a coach is necessary. You're never going to hear that from people who are at the top. They're constantly going to tell you, hey, I, I, I got to have a coach because a coach keeps me focused. Right? Yeah. It keeps me accountable. Without that, I'm liable to fall back into, you know, it's easy. One day I slip, two days I slip, three days. Before you know it, three years, I'm still, I'm still talking about wanting to achieve the same thing instead of, you know, going out there and making steps towards that. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now, what, are, do you have any tips that you can provide the listeners to improve their self? Now, I like that body scan, you know, aspect and, and doing that, you know, multiple times a day and to be able to identify areas of tension, you know, and, and also like the idea of you don't have to have an answer right now, you know, but just just the awareness that it's there and, and that, uh, you know, an answer will come to you later. But any any other, you know, kind of tips that you could provide to improve one's self-awareness? Yes. Um, but, yeah, this is really good because um, when we have these small, and I like to keep everything simple, kids, right? Keep it simple, sweetie, because if it's simple, you'll do it. That's the good thing about simple. And sometimes if it's simple, you'll just discount it. So don't do that part. Say it's simple so I can do it. So that body scan, do that, no answers. And then start becoming curious about everything about you. Start becoming curious. This, sometimes, you know how we sit back and we think, this happens a lot at night before we go to bed. Oh, I wish I hadn't said that at that meeting. It happened to me yesterday. I said something really simple, and I came at the end of a conversation, and I felt like, oh, boy, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) And it was, I didn't mean anything harmed by it, but I don't want to align myself with the wrong thinking and the wrong crowd. But so, but it crossed my mind before I went to bed, and I got curious. Is why did I feel like I had to say something at that moment? I didn't judge myself. I just got curious about it, and I didn't have an answer for it. And I remember that being the last thought that I had, which it wasn't the best thought to have before I fell asleep. But at least I wasn't condemning myself. I was just curious as to why. And I woke up this morning, and the first thing that I did. Was, was have gratitude for myself. I gratitude that I was self-aware and I, I forgave myself for maybe being a little impulsive. I said, you know, you're a great person. Right? And so becoming curious relieves us of becoming judgmental. So I encourage mm. people, do your body scans. Become curious about your responses and your reactions to things. Just become curious. That way you don't blind, you don't close your eyes to them, right? Then become your own best friend. Start to mother yourself. 
And but I say mother yourself. I mean mother yourself like you're dealing with a toddler. No one punishes a toddler for falling down. So every time you make a mistake, there is this inner critic within us that says you're a horrible person. You should know better. You'll never get it. This is why people don't like you. This is why you can't get promoted. This is why your marriage is failing. This is why your relationships are failing. Don't become that person. We're going to flip that. We're going to become like the mother or the grandmother who sees no harm in anything that you do. What you're going to see is that, wow, I forgive you for that. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I forgive, whatever it is, forgive you. You're going to say that to yourself, and it is going to give yourself, it's going to make you feel, follow me on this one, it's going to open you up to more vulnerability to yourself. We hide from ourselves. We don't open up the most tender parts of ourselves to ourselves. When we just start being forgiving to ourselves, we're not making excuses, then we become more self-aware. And the next time we go to put our foot in our mouth or whatever, we remember, I just forgave myself for that. And we stop without effort. The effort is in becoming forgiving. And lastly, I, I, I have to say this. So we talked about doing the body scans. Right. We talked about being curious about our behavior. We talked about forgiving ourselves for everything. And then lastly, and probably they're in no particular order, so you mix them up the way you feel um, inclined to, but gratitude. You become grateful for something that you said, Robert, at the beginning of the show, is that you get, a, you get endless numbers of do-overs. And so it's okay, it's okay to face face myself because guess what? If I find something there that I didn't like, I get to start over today. I get to be the woman that I wanted to be. I get to be her today. And so allowing us to say, okay, I have, you know what? I'm so grateful that I have today to be her or to be him. I'm grateful that I have today to be her or to be him. So I encourage people, do these small, keep it simple steps, and you will you will begin to see parts of your wonderful self that have been closed off to you. You'll get to forgive parts of yourself that you've been trying to hide from, but in the hiding, they become more and more pronounced as part of your personality. Believe me, they do. And so you'll get to address all these things, and the more self-aware you are, the more calm you'll be, calmly you'll be able to approach the world, the more creative you'll be able to, um, more creativity you'll be able to access in your solutions that you have to um, impose on things. You'll be more solution-oriented. The creativity will be there. The calm will be there. The improvement in relationships and love will be there. Yeah, wonderful. Now, I have, when you were talking about the KISS principle, did you say keep it simple, sweetie? Is that yes. <laughs> okay. I thought so because, you know, most people know it as a as a different last word. Um, I know. But, you know right? I, I, well, I kind of chuckled because, you know, it, it's, it's obvious that you um, use words that are supportive, you know. So, you know, the idea of, you know, keep it simple, I'm going to say keep it simple stupid, puts the – the value, you know, the kind of the uninformed value, 
you know, on, on what, it, what it is that you want to keep simple versus the keep it simple, sweetie. It's like, okay, you know, that's a very uplifting, you know, and, and then earlier in the show you mentioned you know, something about, you know, not saying the H word, <laughs> you know. Um, to me, it just shows that your awareness of the power of words, you know, and that, you know, you you strive to use empowering words when you talk. Yes, and especially use them when you're self-talk to yourself. We can go on forever. I'm so glad you're bringing up all the great points, Robert. So your words formulate your whole existence, right? And I love Keep It Simple, Sweetie, because when you hear the word sweetie, I don't know, in my mind I think of a grandmother coming with some hot chocolate and mm -hmm. some um, oatmeal and raisin cookies or peanut butter cookies, which happen to be my favorite, but I will never turn down any cookie. <laughs> but, uh, so I... I I see that, you know, just like, oh, sweetie, you know. Right. And honestly, honestly, if you've lived more than a day, you know that this too shall pass. Stop beating yourself up. This is not the way to sustainable change. You have to you have to be tender with yourself. You will get there. And you will develop this tenderness for yourself and then you'll you'll uh, be, you'll, you'll explode with tenderness on the world around you, and you'll see your environment start to change. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dr. Griffin, we are at the end of the show. This has flown by, and I am so happy we had the chance to talk. Is there maybe any final words that you may want to leave the listeners with before we close? There is, and I hope I can get this in. So I, you would say I should I should promote myself, but you'll do that, Robert. You're doing a great job. What I would like to say to our listening audience is that I want to leave you with this as you go throughout your day. Pick an easy thought for you to return to every day, a thought that makes you feel good when you when you experience it. It could be the, the first sip of coffee in the morning, or for me it is the sight of a sunrise or a sunset. I'm even thrilled by the sight of the moon. Maybe write it down and post it somewhere and entitle it, This is My Easy Thought, and refer to it frequently to give yourself a relief from the stress of everyday living. Well, that's wonderful. To, being, to bring everyday peace <laughs> to your life. So, Absolutely. Um, well, thank you for your time. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I look forward to following you on, on social media and appreciate the time you spent with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Great. You're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Dr. Drayvon James, a transformational specialist and author of Freedom is Your Birthright, as well as the podcast host of Dr. Drayvon James' Everyday Peace. Again, you can find out more about her by visiting her website, which is www.drdravonjames.com, and that's D-R-D-R-A-V-O-N-James.com. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Be sure to visit our website at www.biteradio.me. That's B-I-T-E-R-A-D-I-O dot M-E. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Byte Radio Me, 
and our shows are also available as a free podcast from iTunes. And until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.